0: gonna rock the shade, gonna scream my name make you shout now honey gonna make you shout.
1: whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them making a scene.org is the place for you for the music fan We bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
0: shame gonna scream my name make you shout now honey. gonna make you shout make you shout, make you
1: shout. and now Here is an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Deb Callahan. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
0: Did to have ties and obligations Freedom was his middle name End of conversation Now you've got a little one and things have really changed Priorities have got to be rearranged Sure is hard, but you rise to the situation Have I crap your style oh, Free you from your limitations Don't mean no break Just taught an old dog a few new chicks. at all Some ladies want a man who knows just how to pleasure And yes, that is important, but not the only way a man is measured Maybe it's the right time Maybe I'm the right find You've opened up your heart and mind and you've become a little more kind. Don't mean no brag or sound Real slick, just how and old down He's been stretching and Pushing baby strollers He's been falling lonely and changing baby diapers taught an old dog a few tricks a few
1: from her brand new release and we got Deb on the line hey Deb how are you today I'm great I'm really good how are you I'm doing pretty well now uh, you've been on the show several times and we always start things off by giving our fans kind of an opportunity to get to know who you are and the best Mm -hmm. way to do that is to look at your story the journey that you've taken up to this point so Mm -hmm. give us the story of Deb Callahan
2: (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> the story of Deb Callahan. Really, I'm trying to think of what's the short version of that. Um, I mean, I guess I have been a musician, I guess in some ways my whole life, you know, but um, really performing professionally um, for the last 23, 4 years, something like that. So I'm I'm no new kid <laughs> on the block. I've been doing it for a while. Um, I live in Philly, and um, you know, throughout the years, have toured more regionally, locally, regionally, and branched out nationally um, at different times. I think at this point, sort of, I, I haven't gotten back to sort of touring more um, out of the region since the pandemic. I guess that's. That's, uh,
1: that's, yeah. So, um, I don't know what else, what else uh, else do you want to know about? Well, you know, um, every artist has that moment in their life where music presented itself as a possible career path along with Mm -hmm. other things. Yeah. What was that crossroad moment for you where you knew that music was something that you wanted to pursue?
2: Um, I feel like in some ways I always wanted to, but I didn't, you know, I mean, it was just, it's always music. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I, I've always been into creative stuff. Like, um, I like to paint and draw. I was into theater. Um, I picked up an instrument, you know, and in, in high school probably, I started, well, before that, I guess I took piano and then guitar the piano really didn't stick uh, very much. Um, and, and I always was really passionate about, about music, Um, and I was in my first band in college, and I guess that kind of made me kind of open things up for me um, to think like, wow, this is... Like, I did a lot of other kinds of, you know, music, um, like theater and uh, a swing band and a four-part acapella harmony group, but when I sang in this band, it was a blues rock band, and I was like, I really felt at home there, you know, in a really different way, and so I was like, wow, this is pretty... Amazing. And, um, but I did pursue another. I don't know if you, I know because we've talked before, I, I don't remember honestly if i talked about this, but I also pursued another career that I, um, I'm a social worker. So I, I sort of pursued that. And at some point, um, in my mid to late 20s, I kind of was like, I really, I like what I'm doing and, um, I like being in that role of helping people, but I also was felt like something was really missing, you know, and so I started going to booze jams. I started going to, open mic nights, um, singer songwriter kind of thing too. And I just, um, it kind of grabbed me. You know what I mean? I think it is that thing. Like it kind of chose me. I was like, this is, I, and I started, you know, making that a little bit more of a priority. Um, yeah. So I like, I put a band. you know, I, I guess I got a gig. I was doing music with Mike nights, meeting musicians. I got a gig and then I was like, well, I need a band. And so I, you know, got my first band together.
1: (laughs) Okay. Now, um, Let's talk about this new release. Uh, When you, if you were to uh, walk down the street and you ran into someone you knew and you wanted to give them the elevator pitch, you know, tell them about this release, get them excited about it. What would you tell them?
2: Um, I would say that it's kind of got a blues funk soul um, roots kind of a vibe to it. And I would say it, it's a lot of um, kind of um, thematically like feelings about um, change and like kind of, you know, dealing with all the things that happened, I think, in the few years during the, the height of the pandemic, I think, um, sort, of, sort of coming out of that and, and just a lot of awareness about what's going on in the United States and um, both what's for me internally and, you know, in, in the world, I think it has like that kind of a vibe that that was not a short pitch. That (laughs) (laughs)
1: wasn't, that was was, was fine. fine. Now, Um, you know, having, you know, of course the pandemic, we all had our challenges, um, you know, as we try to, you know, make a living, uh, stay connected to our fans, all of those things. What was one of the biggest challenges for you during that time? Um. Hmm. I mean, was it trying I mean, to stay connected or was it um just generally just keeping the music going?
2: Right. Well, I think in some ways um it's weird. It was a lot of different things, you know. I think I think in one way it provided an opportunity to like, you know, and a lot of people obviously will say something like this, whatever their career is, like, to kind of take a pause from things, which um, I thought was, for me, was kind of good, Um, you know, just to kind of slow things down and focus on other things. Um, So, like, I was doing a lot of reading. I had just moved into a new house. I was doing a lot of fixing up the house and painting and stuff like that, and that was kind of good for me, you know, in the the beginning. um, It was, it was, obviously a little bit isolating too. And um, I mean, I I think we all had to get creative. You know, I started doing like a lot of people like Facebook and online kind of um, uh, shows and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I did feel like I kind of lost, I definitely lost momentum, you know, with, with fans and with the whole, with the whole thing, like just booking and, you know, like the kind of, there's a lot of momentum that needs to happen to kind of keep Keep everything going, you know, with playing out, touring, keeping a band together, uh, writing new material, you know, publicity, all that stuff. And I think it just like kind of let it go, which felt kind of freeing, because um, I, you know, I didn't have a choice. But then it was also like weird, like I was like, where is that? Where is that part of me? It felt very um, strange. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of lost for a minute. I didn't didn't know what exactly to do about that. It was hard. It was hard to reconnect with it and kind of grab it again.
1: Okay. Now let's talk about you as a songwriter. You know, I always find that every songwriter has their process. They, mm-hmm. they start that writing process differently. Some like to do it as a job every day. They sit down, they write, it's constant. It's, you know, it's about, you know, doing it over and over again till you get better and better at it. While others kind of, work off that inspiration when something hits them they sit down they write and and you know or collect you know little bits and pieces and then you know mm-hmm. write from there what what is your process when you sit down and you say okay I'm going to write a song today or I'm going to start at least what is your process yeah well
2: so um it's a good question I have a few different processes. So one is kind of like you said, like I'm collecting bits of ideas and things. So I feel like I'm always walking around and kind of, you know, singing something to myself. Since I'm primarily a singer, I do play guitar, but I, you know, I, I really play the guitar to write. I never really crossed over into feeling like I was really accomplished at playing live. So um, I think for me, often it um, songs start with some sort of a melody. You know, I'm just walking around and I'm, and something comes into my head, like some idea, you know, that I get some sort of inspiration for and I just start working on a melody and, and, um, maybe it'll be a chorus. Maybe it'll be the beginning of a lyric. And then, um, you know, I'll often then pick up the guitar. Like once I have the melody, um, like I, I actually, I guess one of the first songs on the album that I I wrote, um, and I wrote it all on the guitar myself was clean this song called cleaning house. And, um, I really had most of that song in my head, and then it was like kind of, you know, um, well in my in my head, and you know, developed a melody for it. And then I um, figured out the guitar uh, chords, you know, based on that, like what I was. So some people do it the opposite, right? They they do the guitar chords first. For me, I sort of lead with the, I think with the vocal part often. Um, and the same with some. Um, there's another song called Rogue that I that I wrote on my guitar, and I had like I was kind of playing a lot in uh, Baltimore, and there was this um, sign, not not a lot in Baltimore, I was playing a lot at this one club in Baltimore um, called the Cat Side Pub, and there's a sign on the wall that said Rogue. It has like a real pirate, kind of a sea theme to it, you know, and so I kept thinking about that. That word kept like mowing over in my mind, and eventually I just kind of, you know, worked it out on the guitar, and then um, a guy that I write with sometimes, Chris Arms, who produced the CD, he um, helped work out a bridge for it, so we sort of ended up getting co writing credits for it. But so that's one way, you know, that I get these ideas and I work them out on my guitar or like there's a song called Working With that I worked out on the piano like the bass line and then I brought that to Chris. So um but then other things like he'll work out. He has some people he writes with um this guy Danny Shogar in, in in uh the UK. They both produce he he's a pr- producer and songwriter and um so we I had talked with Chris, um who again produced the C D Chris Arms and we um we talked about like a few kind of songs that I was into and I was like, yeah, I would love to write a song in the vein of this. Like one was sort of like Doyle Bramwell. I was listening to a lot of him and I was like, I'd like to write a song in the vein of Doyle Bramwell or, or something that's like has a new Orleans vibe. So then he'll sort of, he wrote some stuff with Danny and then gave it to me and then I wrote lyrics, you know, melody and lyrics to it. So that's another, so there's like two different processes that happen, you know? Okay. Uh, now,
1: yeah. you know, uh Technology has brought us a lot of great tools, especially for the songwriter, uh, one of which being, of course, the cell phone to capture ideas. Um, mm-hmm. And Ed Sheeran actually came out and said on his current release, one of the songs, and he wouldn't tell you this which one, was written by AI software. He utilized you know, artificial intelligence uh, to help him write lyric and melody for one of the songs. Uh-huh. He said there was... Tons of songs that came out of this, but there was one really good one. Now, what do you think of that kind of technology? You know, is it a crutch or is it a tool for uh, the songwriter? Yeah, um,
2: I think it's a tool. I don't. I, I honestly don't. I don't use. I haven't used that. So, but it sounds like it's a tool. <laughs> you know, I mean Ed Jaron is um, a great songwriter, so I don't think he needs a crutch. Um, I, I respect his songwriting. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't use that particular software. I mean, I definitely use a much more simple tool on, on the, on the phone, which is the, um, just the, um, voice memo, you know what I mean? I'm always mm-hmm. singing stuff in voice memo. Like I'm like, Oh, that, that might be a thing. And you know, I'll just wherever I am, I run, you know, run, run to a quiet spot and like sing something into it. And it's, I have all these weird little snippets of things that, um, you know, but I'm then like, is that something? I don't know. Is that something? It might be something. Um, and then you know, I figure out later. Can I? Can I make something out of it? But
1: okay. Well, you yeah. Know, there's you know, there's you know, there's lyric studio, and of course the um, uh, sister software to that is melody studio. Mm-hmm. Um, you have um, uh, what is the other one here? Uh, I've got it in front of me. Uh, My Lyric Maker, which is an app on mm-hmm. your phone. Um, and there is a lot of these new um, AI type software. Uh-huh. And what it, you know, I'm I'm looking into them now and what I'm finding yeah. is that they're more designed to spark an idea as opposed uh-huh. to finishing an idea.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's, I mean,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I- that's interesting. I actually don't know those tools. Um, I mean, I know you said is it what did you say, is it a crutch? I mean I guess when you were first talking about it I was like, hmm, I mean again the dead cheer, and I I don't I think he probably needs it, but I guess it I guess it could be helpful for some people. For me, and it may be just, you know, like um, being more in the middle age um group, I I probably would rather keep it old school. I don't, I don't I don't. have that much interest in that. I feel like, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe next year I will. But um, right now, just you talking about it, it just doesn't appeal to me. I sort of, I think I like a kind of organic process where something like lyrics, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, um, I'm like searching for, I don't need to search the Internet for lyrics, you know.
1: Yeah, well, you know, so I, I find or, it almost like you know going to a thesaurus or a rhyming dictionary and looking yeah. up words to spark ideas for the next line.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that—that that I get. I mean, I that that I, that I, I get. You know, if you're like trying to figure out something that rhymes with um, you know, rhyme, then you <laughs> and right. you can only think of four things. Like to be, I mean, that 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 seems like pretty legitimate. Um, I, I get that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, now that you're talking about these tools, maybe I'll check them out just to see what they, what
1: they are. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I plan on putting out a, uh, an article on that within you know, a very yeah. short time. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying them out. I'm, I'm looking at what they do, what they don't do, what their capabilities yeah. are. Uh, and, and it's very interesting to see how yeah. these things are fleshing out. Um, right. Now, you know, of course, every songwriter has to finish the song somewhere along the line. And every, right. every writer has their way of quantifying when a song is ready to move from that writing phase into the production phase, because it mm-hmm. always evolves, you know, it evolves in the studio, even after you right. release it on a, on a CD or, or they can't even call them CDs anymore on a, on a release. Um, you know, when you take it out on the road, it, it evolves mm-hmm. even from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what is your quantifier? What is it that, that tells you that the song is ready to give to the band, to give to the producer and take it into the studio? Mm. Yeah,
2: that's a really that's a good question. I I don't think there's one <laughs> I mean I've definitely had songs that I've kind of brought into the studio that I was like, hmm, these I don't I don't even know if this is ready, but um um somehow it became something, you know, in the studio, which is always really amazing. Like, you know, it can be kind of magical. Um, I mean, a lot of times I'll have some sort of a demo um, for sure. And, um, but it can be, it, it can go either way. Sometimes it's a really rough demo of just like me and the guitar, uh, you know, me and a guitar or something. Um, a lot of times though, I will, I will try to figure out like what a drum groove approximately is going to be. Um, either, either by using, you know, some sort of drum software um, and, you know, making a demo like that, um, or just sitting down with the band and like you know, saying to the drummer, "Can you do like try a rumble with this? No, try a you know like a a shuffle with this. Try a, a, a slow groove, you know, groove, whatever." will less you know less snare on that. You know, we'll we'll sort of experiment. I I try to have. Um, I mean, I think ideally it's great to have things road tested before you go in the studio, but I have found that that has not always been able to happen. Like for this. Last CD, I would say for this this current CD, I should say, um, I would say less than half of the songs were songs we really got to play out, and, and part of that is just we weren't we weren't. I didn't have as many gigs as, as usual, you know what I mean? Like just still coming out of the pandemic last year, I didn't have quite as many as I had, so it was kind of some some things we we I had um, demos for, and we kind of learned them, we practiced, but but we didn't get to play them a lot out on the you know at
1: gigs. Okay, well, tell me about the lineup on this.
2: Yeah, so um, this, so the my la- my previous CD, which was called Sweet Soul, and I, I know I was on your show to talk about that one. I had I had recorded. I had gone out to LA and recorded with producer and drummer Tony Bronigal and used a lot of his um, people that uh, are LA studio musicians that were amazing, and that was that was a great experience. Um, but this time around, I decided to go. And I hope to do something like that again with him because it was it was fantastic working with him. But this time around, I decided to kind of keep it um, a little more simple. Um, stay here in Philly, and I worked with um, again Chris Arms, who produced he's a, a song um, guitar player and um, and I use the band that I work with all the time. You know, so we've got um, Alan James on guitar, um, Gary Lee on bass and tom walling on drums and those that was the core band um and then danny shogar who's a a london-based um keyboard player and songwriter and had written some of the songs uh with with chris and i he he came over actually from the uk and played on it so we were really like the core studio band you know that um we took a couple days and um we went to a studio called studio called Morningstar Studios right outside of Philly and we did the you know the rhythm tracks and um as you know with this type of music it's it's ideal to get a really live feel so you know we, we did everything as live as possible um and even some of the you know guitar solos i i kept like you know 85 90% of my vocals i did live with the band i feel like those vocals always sound the best cuz they're you know, they're right there with the band and, and feeding off the energy of the band. Um, there's a few that I, you know, punched in a few things here and there. And One, I think I re-recorded. One or two, I think I re-recorded it to get, you know, because I, it, it evolved a little bit. Um, yeah, so that was it. Um, one of the kind of sad things that happened for us during that process is um, we recorded with my band and then my um, drummer that I'd worked with for 16 years, Tom Walling, he passed away. Oh, so um, that. Yeah. It was about a month after he recorded, but we were still trying to, you know, um, do some overdubs and, and, um, you know, mixing and that kind of stuff. So he never got to hear the final product. Yeah. It was really very sad. Um, so, but yeah, he, I am glad he was on the, you know, on the, on the
1: TV. Okay. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about getting it out there. You're working with, um, Frank Rozak, uh, to kind of get, you know, uh, to radio and press. Mm-hmm. How was how that relationship working?
2: Um, good. I mean, Frank, as you probably know, he's been doing it for a long time. I've been, I've been, <laughs> we've both been doing what we do for a long time. So I kind of, and I've worked with him before, so I know what he does. And, um, so it's good. I kind of know what to expect and, you know, he, he sends, sends out the stuff and, um, and then, um, it's only been a couple of weeks, I think really that, um, uh, two weeks maybe. And so it's kind of, it's always kind of fun to see like who starts responding and who starts what, what, you know, um, what songs they choose. Um, and, um, yeah, I think it's, it kind of has a pretty good flow to it. You know, Frank will send me the, um, the, uh, charts from the different radio stations and, um press and stuff like that. And you know, if I have questions I'm I'm following up with him. So, you know, he's he's um he's good to work with on that. He he keeps on top of everything.
1: Okay. Now um let's talk about the industry a little bit. Uh, of yeah. course we know streaming now is the way that the consumer uh-huh. consumes music and, and uh-huh. recorded music has lost its status as a product nobody's buying it anymore right um and it's really affected the independent artist um how has it affected you as an artist
2: yeah it's such a good i mean you're asking some good questions but this is a really <laughs> this is really a good question it really hits home i mean it's so you know richard i did my last cd i released in 2015 and then this one you know obviously here in 2020 so it was about seven and a half years and that's such a long time, you know, between releases. My other ones had been, you know, two or three years, primarily between, um, you know, starting in like 2002, I think. Um, so it's been like 20, 21 years, you know, span. Um, and it was it was really because I, I kind of felt at a loss. I was like, I don't know if this does not make sense financially to do. And I'm not one to do something like, you know, kind of um, – half-assed, I would say. Like, if I'm going to make a product, I want it to sound really good. I want it to look really good. Like, I don't, you know, I, I just want everything to be professional. And so, I just know how I am and I'm not going to do um, something that's really, um, I don't know, cheap in some way, you know what I mean? Or like simping on things. So, it took me it took me a while to kind of kind of make make my my mind like yeah this I still want to do this I really need to do this and I have to have new music and um because just knowing that I I I basically self funded this project and I'm not going to recoup it the way but in the past I would say you know when I started out um I would say within within two years I could you know could easily recoup all the money that I spent and I'd gotten sometimes some investors and I would be able to like pay them back or whatever. But this time you know, the last time and this this time I'm just sort of saying to myself, Well, I just I'm doing it, you know, and I'm not counting on, you know, breaking even, which is a weird it's like a weird you know, weird thing to
1: Right. To sort right. Of, well, you I know, don't. I think it's terrible that, you know, independent artists are aren't even given the opportunity to break even. You know what I mean? Yeah. The way the, the streaming structure is is put out there um, it is stacked against the indie artist as far as having any opportunity to break even on a project. Especially if you're hiring musicians, hiring a PR person, going into right. a, a commercial studio. Even someone who's running a home studio, they still have their overhead that they need to cover. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, it, it's, we need to have um, some way of changing that dynamic. Changing right. the way um, we are we are approached as to what our content is worth, and if you right. really look at it, these streaming services—a bulk of their content actually comes from the independent artist community. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supplying them content. The problem is, is that they've established such a hold on the consumer market right. that. If you're not on their platform, you become irrelevant. Right. So Yeah, right. Where are we so going to say no? I yeah. We're, on <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, we're, we're in a catch-22. Spotify. Right. So the only yeah. way to uh, to combat that is to move past streaming and let it evolve into something else. Uh, And there are some technologies that I've been keeping a very close eye on that really seems to give us promise that there is a future where the industry will be more fair to independent artists. And one of those is this technology of uh, streaming services that are uh, built on the blockchain, which is that software technology that secures cryptocurrency. And the whole idea behind the blockchain and and how cryptocurrency works and how these streaming services work is that they are a decentralized system. In other words, no one company can own the service. No one company can control cryptocurrency. It is decentralized. It is owned by uh, by the fans. And it's owned Mm -hmm. by the people who put up the content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're claiming they could pay up to 80% of the incoming revenue back to the artists themselves. Yeah, that would be great. Mm -hmm. I think as even the the major labels and the the major artists that are out there, when they start realizing, hey, we can make much more money by moving our, our, our content to these new streaming services like audius emanate audio locks things like that um that this will become the new way of consuming music right do you think that's a possibility
2: i hope so you know i i i I think something's got to give because it's really really not fair to the artist and you know like the stuff that a lot of the stuff that you're talking about i think too you know what i think about is like there's so many talented i i know you know there's so many i know so many and and you do too so many talented musicians and artists but it takes so much work to even figure all this stuff out even even um you know just part of all the administrative tasks involved in this like signing up all your music to um sound exchange making sure you know that you're registered so that like if your music does get played on the radio you will get um some money you know for that um And uh, making sure you're signed up with ASCAP or BMI or whatever, you know, um, to make sure that you retain the rights of your music. There's a lot of, there's a lot that, you know, I I think artists who are creative people and are busy with writing music, playing music, touring, um, you have to be really on top of your game to know about all this, you know, what you're talking about too, like how the business aspect of it is so um, important.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely is. Now, uh, of course, you know, we all look towards uh, social media and, you know, the creation of content as a way to kind of establish our brand, establish our connection to our fan base. What are some of the things that you're doing that are helping you, you know, promote this release using content and social media uh, marketing? Um,
2: um, well... I, I'm, I'm probably using. I mean, I am using um, Facebook and Instagram. That's my main, uh, you know, email. I have an email email list, but um, you know, I, I'm in the process of. So I think trying to trying to use like live videos of music is, is helpful. People always like that. That engages audiences. Um, I am in the process of trying to create some some videos um, that are more. Um, not so much um, live, but, you know, like a a video that, like, sort of um, tells the story of the song, you know. So I'm trying to get that some of that together, too. Um, just kind of doing that now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I think I could be better with social media, to be honest. I don't, I don't, um, but it takes a lot of work, you know, to kind of, like, I'm not on Twitter or anything like that. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Like I, I
1: all right well um you know i i really appreciate you coming on the show it's always a pleasure to have you on and talk to you uh and we're going to give everyone out there an indie blues double shot from your new release you guys are going to love this you know what turn it up loud screw the neighbors we're gonna have some fun (laughs) yeah there you go
0: read your paper and you'll see just exactly what keeps worrying me you know the world is in an uproar the danger zone is everywhere 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 love for the world is like always, and the world is a part of me, and that's why I'm so afraid of all the progress being made toward eternity, eternity. danger zone is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. i
1: gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the indie revolution.
0: Gonna rock the shade. Gonna scream my name. Make you shout now, honey.